This is Briar Klopp, and I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Ag Services in Greenbush, Minnesota. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Good morning, farm news on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Don Wick with Randy Kuhn, and we'll have updates from Sierra Doctor and Whitney Pittman. President Joe Biden has shed some light on the Chinese surveillance balloon and the three other objects shot down earlier this month. Biden said there is no evidence the three smaller balloons were anything more than for scientific research or recreation. China is U.S. agriculture's biggest customer, and Biden spoke about the relationship between the two countries. We seek competition, not conflict with China. We're not looking for a new Cold War, but I make no apologies. I make no apologies, and we will compete. And we'll responsibly manage that competition so that it doesn't veer into conflict. Advanced trading commodity research analyst Brian Basting is watching demand. China still in the U.S. market. Watching export sales this morning, we're, we're, we're not bad, but not great. Um, China is still in the market for U.S. beans, and they're still in the market. They actually came to the market for a bit of U.S. corn. So, uh, but I'd, I'd remind again your listeners that China has got a new agreement with with. Um, uh, Brazil to import quite a bit of corn potentially here in 23-24. And these later Chinese purchases are at risk of being canceled. Uh, quite a bit of, of soybeans uh, are still in the unknown category, for example. Uh, I look at today's export uh, sales report. Uh, we've got um, over 100 million bushels uh, on the unknown category uh, for beans, and, and those are vulnerable to being canceled. And, and for that matter, China still has uh, over 100 million bushels also. So 200 million bushels between China and unknown are vulnerable to, to being canceled. The Black Sea Grain Initiative is up for renewal in March. This agreement allows grain to move out of the Black Sea ports and was put together by the United Nations, Turkey, Ukraine, and Russia. Negotiations for an extension begin next week. Those talks may be complicated by Ukrainian accusations that Russia is delaying inspections of these ships. Russia wants sanctions of its agricultural exports to end, which may also be a hurdle in these negotiations. 24 states, including North Dakota and South Dakota, are suing the Environmental Protection Agency over its new Waters of the United States rule. The attorneys general claim the rule is too restrictive and may end up hurting farmers, ranchers, and other landowners. The U.S. Supreme Court heard a WOTUS-related lawsuit last fall and is expected to issue its opinion soon. In a report requested by a lawmaker on the East Coast, the General Accountability Office has outlined 13 options for agriculture to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. There are some controversial recommendations, including the requirement for specific climate-smart farming practices uh, in order to participate in federal farm commodity programs and crop insurance. House Agriculture Committee Chair Glenn G.T. Thompson is opposed to that linkage, saying these practices should be voluntary. The EPA has adjusted the deadline for spraying dicamba in four states nationwide, including South Dakota. For South Dakota, the deadline has uh, tightened up from June 30th to June 20th. June 12th is the new deadline in Iowa, Illinois, and Indiana. EPA said the decision was made to reduce the risk of drift, 
Agency said it's still evaluating all other options to address dicamba-related issues. Global Commodity Analytics and Consulting President Mike Zuzolo expects the market pace to pick up next week as traders begin to position ahead of the option expiration and the first notice day. I think this is where the hard red wheat and the black sea wheat and corn prices are going to need to play a continued stronger role or an underpinning role. They've done a good job so far this month up until this week, but I think the precip in the planes this week probably back in focus now as are the models the weather models are drying out while the drought monitor map is unchanged from last week it shows a much larger drought area than where we were last year a map of kansas's drought now versus a year ago for mid-February, and while the overall winter wheat belt doesn't look that bad because of the soft red wheat belt, the overall hard red wheat belt is much worse than it was a year ago, and I think maybe the traders are picking up on that. So that, along with that grain initiative with Russia and Ukraine, I think these are the two key points once we come back from a holiday. The next general sign-up for the Conservation Reserve Program begins February 27th and will continue through April 7th. There are 23 million acres in CRP with nearly 2 million acres expiring this year. USDA's goal is to reach 27 million acres this year. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Farm news on the Red River Farm Network. The South Dakota Senate Judiciary Committee supports a bill being advanced by Governor Kristi Noem to protect farmers from nuisance lawsuits. The full Senate is expected to take up that issue next week. North Dakota is addressing corporate farm uh, with proposed legislation. With more on that, here's Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Whitney Pittman. North Dakota Farmers Union has been keeping an eye on House Bill 1371 that would change current corporate farming laws in the state. Director of Government Relations Matt Perdue says there are a few key points they oppose in the bill. Farmers Union has always been an organization who opposes changing the corporate farming law. We believe that family farmers and ranchers are are critical to our state's agricultural economy. Um, And so, you know, one of our biggest concerns is that the current bill does not require that these new corporations we're allowing to operate here even have farmers or ranchers as shareholders. There's no requirement that farmers and ranchers have control of these entities. And so that's, that is a really, really big sticking point um, that we continue to work with, with legislators on. Purdue says it's his job to continue to monitor what happens with this legislation while making sure NDFU's concerns are considered. House Bill 1371 has certainly been uh, a topic of, of discussion. Uh, what I always tell people is, you know, it's my job to keep uh, Farmers Union at the table for as long as it takes to address our members' concerns. So we've really worked with legislators to talk about potential um, ways to address those issues. And I think in the the days ahead, we will learn whether or not um, they are interested in in addressing uh, some of our key concerns with the bill. Reporting agriculture's business on the Red River Farm Network, I'm Whitney Pittman. A proposed grain indemnity fund was the focus for the Minnesota House Agriculture Committee yesterday. Red River Farm Network Farm broadcaster Sierra Doctor has more. Minnesota Ag Commissioner Tom Peterson gave a report on the indemnity fund and says it's been an issue for several years. Looking at what our options are to address this issue because we've continued to have, uh, um, whether you want to call them failures or whatnot, because what the farmers have asked me is what are we going to do as a legislature to uh, help protect this? And I think that's a really good point because you'll see 
that in some cases farmers get less than 10 cents on the dollar in this. The other thing that stood out to me, and, and we could bring them in at some point too, is our, our Attorney General's office saying that Minnesota has one of the worst protections for farmers uh, in the upper Midwest. Representative Rick Hansen says circumstances and the intended use of the Grain Indemnity Fund has changed over the years. I also look around my district and I see businesses close that have been multi-generation. They don't get any help. I mean, all of us in all of our districts have that. It's just things are, things are different now. What is the equitable solution here to keep things up? Because I, I don't want to only have three grain buyers out there either. I mean, we can't have that consolidation. We have to have diversity. But, and I know you've been working on it for years. I know this has been there for years, but there's an expectation or entitlement that the taxpayers will just pick it up. And there's a lot of other things that we could have pick up. There's a lot of other things that we could invest in. And I think that's our task here is it's just not the same as it was. No action was taken on the bill. Reporting agriculture's business, I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. U.S. Class 1 railroads originated just over 22,000 grain carloads during the week ending February 4th. That's 10% fewer than the previous week, 5% less than last year, and 3% less than the three-year average. Average secondary rail car bids and offers were $280 below tariff, $46 less than the previous week, $318 less than last year. USDA's weekly grain transportation report says barge grain movement for the week ending February 11th totaled 539,000 ton, down 5% from the previous week, but 26% more than last year. As of February 9th, the rate to ship uh, the rate to ship a metric ton of grain from Gulf ports to Japan was down 4% from the previous week at 48 bucks per ton. The cost to ship from the PNW to Japan was $27.50 per ton, down 3% from the previous week. A new herbicide tolerant trait will be available this year for canola farmers. Corteva is launching Optimum GLY Canola, which is a new proprietary glyphosate trait technology. It's designed to have strong weed control and a wider window for application. Pioneer will have a limited supply available for the Northern Plains. This is the Red River Farm Network. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. Due to trade retaliation, the pandemic, and weather disasters, ad hoc payments to farmers ramped up in recent years, Tory Advisory Group Executive Vice President Tara Smith says a steady, reliable farm safety net is favored over ad hoc assistance. The bottom line is, is that ad hoc disaster programs come after the fact. They tend to be slow in rollout. Um, they can be a little bit inconsistent. You know, it's really hard to capture everyone and everyone's disaster. Um, and you can't take them to the bank because you don't know what they're going to look like heading into your growing season. Um, crop insurance solves a lot of those issues. So if we can find ways to provide that consistent, reliable, um, quick delivery instead of an ad hoc package, I think that would be a real advantage to farmers on the ground. House and Senate Agriculture Committee leaders are committed to passing a new farm bill this year. Smith says that timeline is doable. As a former Senate Ag Committee staffer, I would never root against the committee. Um, so I am hopeful 
And I think everybody's sending the right signals right now that they want to get something done and they want to do it in a bipartisan fashion. Hope springs eternal. Six farm groups make up the Wetland Bank known as the North Dakota Agriculture Mitigation. This coalition includes Farm Bureau, Farmers Union, and commodity groups representing corn, soybeans, grain, and Durham. Uh, Stantec senior soil scientist Matt Retka is working with landowners who are willing to enroll in the Wetlands Bank. So if you have um, some unproductive farmland or areas with pre-85 ditches that's just not functioning anymore, or even a pasture, and you and you can see the benefit to having some water on your property and making money off that acreage, definitely come to us. We'd love to take a look and be able to, to help help you out. There are financial incentives available for those participating in this effort. People that have water issues, drainage issues, um, need to, to move that water to some areas, some other areas. And NDAM provides a direct financial incentive to anybody willing to enroll in the program. Uh, we do this work uh, in some other states nearby and credits sell for upwards of $20,000 an acre. Checking markets, we have Minneapolis wheat down a penny right now at 9.29 and a quarter. The Chicago wheat march down three and a quarter. Hard red winter wheat march uh, one and a quarter higher. March corn one and three quarter higher at 6.77 and three quarters. Steady money for the DC contract. March soybeans four and three quarter higher at 15.31 and a quarter. November two and three quarter higher. Keep in mind Monday is President's Day. Markets will be closed, the futures markets anyway. On the farm calendar, the Evolution Ag Summit will be coming up Tuesday in Jamestown, that organized by the North Dakota Farmers Union, looking at uh, uh, carbon, renewable fuels, sustainability. Their keynote speaker, the millennial farmer, Zach Johnson. Again, that's on Tuesday in Jamestown. Have yourself a great Friday, great weekend. This is the Red River Farm Network.